This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for joining us this Thursday afternoon. Thanks for hanging out with us here on the Lori and Julia Show on My Talk 1071 Everything Entertainment, streaming at MyTalk1071.com. We're also on the My Talk app. And if you're listening to us on the website on the app, you can register for My Talk 1071's listener rewards in the month of June. Listen for a chance to win $500 from AARP. So get the app stream online, get registered, go to MyTalk1071.com and do that. Lori's here this afternoon. Stephanie Hansen filling in for Julia this afternoon. And let's kick off the second hour. Let's do it. And Stephanie is going to lean the way we were going to try and get to this conversation yesterday, but we just got on to other things. And because I'm like, Stephanie, come prepared to do something restaurant related and something, something, your lady's choice, you whatever. And you had something and then we never got to it. So what are we talking about? Well, I thought it would be good to maybe give you some ideas of some black owned restaurants and businesses that might be food related that you could support or learn about. Um, Of course, all these restaurants are... They're under the COVID guidelines Mm -hmm. of the governor, which currently to date means open only for takeout and curbside pickup, 50 people on an outdoor patio if they have one. And the outdoor patio thing just started on Monday. Mm -hmm. So many people due to the, um, the George Floyd situation and the riots and the looting, many people have still boarded up they're trying to move forward right. so i'm going to tell you about some great places but okay. if you want to go visit them i think it's worth looking on a their instagram or their facebooks because a lot of these restaurants aren't updating their websites in real time right or that just is- to call them like okay can i just point out to like my husband is like why would i call him like just look online just look online i'm like no a lot of these places now you have to call yes. because you have to make a reservation to eat there we used to never call anyone now we should call everyone yes just to make sure that you're getting your information correct yeah i i agree i always hated that open dining app or whatever the hell that well was. and even <laughs> then you know it's it's changing a lot of people don't have open tables so right, if right, you're a right. chat room you know you're not going to have it so, right okay okay so uh Good. One we're of the, back to talking to people you were back to talking to people okay. that's right uh okay so afro deli and grill has two skyway locations they have one in minneapolis and one in st paul um they are doing african mediterranean and american food they have also fed a ton of people during the coronavirus crisis they've kept their staff on they've been doing community meals um so they really do a great job you can find them in minneapolis um over on cedar riverside and then the skyways so afro deli and grill Mm -hmm. it's delicious 
It's African food. It's Mediterranean food. Yum. Yum is right. Just give them a shout. Okay. Um, also, uh, Soul Bowl, which is the brainchild of Gerald and Brittany Kloss. It's a business in North Minneapolis, and they do soul food. And they're also, um, they started in North Minneapolis, and they would do pop-ups, and now they're in the Gray's Food Hall. So you can um, find them there, and that's a curbside situation because, again, Gray's was in North Loop, but it was only open, like, Gosh, yeah. less than a year before. And what kind of food would we get at Soul Bowl? Uh, bowls. Bowls of... Like rice and beans and pulled pork. meats. And, okay. Yep, right. yep, right. yep. Um, if you are looking for something a little bit different, this is a food truck that you can find at festivals, farmers markets. And anytime you're looking for a food truck, Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine has a food truck guide that will have their Twitter listed. Yeah. And the food trucks are, some of them are out, but they're also experiencing COVID restrictions Mm -hmm. and trying to figure all that out. But this uh, food truck is called Wholesale and Lavender and Sage Eatery. Yum. This sounds good. This is healthier versions of the traditional soul food classics. So think a little less uh, fatty, a little less fried. Mm -hmm. Uh, Blackened catfish sandwiches is one of their specialties. Okay. Um, This is a place that is in St. Paul on West 7th, Lori. Mm -hmm. It's called Breaking Bread. And it has healthy versions of global comfort foods. But it's also a project of Appetite for Change. So Appetite for Change is a local nonprofit that inspires North Minneapolis to use food as a tool to generate health, wellness, and social change. They have a cafe. They distribute over a 1,000 meals a day. Wow. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, let's see. Golden Time Coffee Company, they're open. They're over by my house. This is owned by Stephanie and Michael Wright, longstanding community citizens in St. Paul. They've done a lot for the community, and they're not open right now for um, large crowds, but you can stop in and grab a drink, a coffee drink, and mm-hmm. snacks to go. Um, they also have their drinks named after famous jazz musicians. So that's oh, kind of fun. I love that. You can get your Billie Holiday or your mm-hmm. Duke Ellington. Um, Denord Craft Spirits on my podcast, Makers of Minnesota. I had an opportunity to interview Chris and Chanel Montana. They're a married couple. And they, over the past seven years, they were one of the first diverse uh, alcohol and craft rooms. And they have been, during coronavirus, teaming up with Tattersall and um, uh, making hand sanitizer. So they literally like transformed their whole alcohol company into a hand sanitizer company. And we're giving all of that to the first responders. Then they started selling it in stores and donating the profits. And then their huge warehouse got destroyed by fire. Mm. So now they have like half a warehouse, their tap rooms or their cocktail rooms closed. They are claiming insurance and so what they're doing instead is all the money that they're collecting through a gofundme they're donating back to the community and using their insurance to rebuild but still collecting money to give back to the community wow that's amazing and and like he's such a great guy if you listen to the podcast with him you just get this sense of like a guy that really gets it wants to give back to his community he's got a he's his family his wife this is their whole business right and yet every time adversity strikes them they Pivot to find some way to help the community. Jeez. It's amazing. Yeah. They also have this liquor I want to tell you about. All right. And jealous. Lori, I know you like a good liquor sometimes. I, I do. It is Frida and it is a coffee liqueur. So think about like a Kahlua. Mm-hmm. It is very delicious. Made in Minnesota. I just love to have it on the rocks. It's amazing. All right, Frida. 
Um, okay. Can we so buy that just at you their can. place? You can buy okay. it there. You can buy it in liquor stores oh, too. You can. Yep. Okay. They also have a gin um, that's really good. That's uh, a, a really kind of herbaceous, botanical, piney gin called Fitzgerald. You really know your food stuff, Stephanie. You know. <laughs> um, one of the folks that's done a lot of great work is Tommy Beavis. His wife, Dara Beavis, owns the company Wise Inc., which is a publishing company in town. Mm-hmm. But her and her husband own Pimento Jamaican Chicken. And they're down on Eat Street. And they have been just feeding the neighborhood, collecting donations. It has become a place to find community They've got a jerk sandwich there that will knock your socks off. Really? So if you want to go by there. Oh, he's and, probably eating there. Maybe. I don't know if you eat meat or not, though. I can't remember. Oh, I do eat meat. Where do, do I eat? Pimento. pimento. Oh, my gosh. I cannot say enough mm-hmm. about pimento. Mm-hmm. It's real good. It is, it is real good. It's right in my neighborhood. Yeah. I am in Whittier. And the things that Pimento Jamaican Kitchen are doing right now. Just incredible community service. Yeah. yeah, just they really do a lot for the community. And when St. Paul gets reopened, if ever, they do have a location in Keg and Case. Oh, they do. Yeah, and they had just uh, been there for months, like not a long time. So hopefully that will come back. May I recommend the One Love Special with the Kingston Kick Sauce <laughs> next time you go? You certainly may, Holly. <laughs> All right, give us one more. Okay. Uh, one more is going to be our friend Justin Sutherland. Uh, he has Handsome Hog. He also mm-hmm. owns the Fitz up in Cathedral Hill. He has really been out and about. He's been doing a lot of work feeding people with uh, Hope Breakfast. He's uh, apparently a partner in the Happy Gnomes revival that is now being rebuilt. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah, they're working towards creating a uh, beer sort of supper clubby event nice. environment there. They're rebuilding the patio. Uh, Justin Sutherland is someone who has spoken out for a lot of causes. He's done so much for the community, and we should support him if we get the opportunity. All right, wonderful. Thank you, Stephanie, you for that. Um, we come back, we got some random thoughts. That's, uh, of course, the Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, Ohio. And uh, I read Graham Nash's um, memoir, and he tells the story that the band, they were holed up somewhere. I'm not sure that it was Laurel Canyon. I feel like it was more San Francisco area because... Neil Young came in from chopping wood. <laughs> I guess you could be chopping wood in Laurel Canyon. Yeah, you could. Yeah, technically. back then. Mm-hmm. But he came in and and uh, Graham Nash showed him. Um, I don't know if it was the news shared with him the news about the uh, shooting um, that happened at Kent State, and he went back outside and he wrote that. Fifteen minutes later, he came back in with that song. Wow. Yeah. I do not have those words. Yeah, and uh, it basically, too, I mean, the band was kind of boiling on the verge of uh, breaking up, and uh, so that saved them for a while. Yeah. Because eight days after he wrote it, they were performing it. Um, Isn't that kind of, like, amazing? Yeah. Like, like that kind of, uh, these people who are songwriters. I can't remember poets. that record that song's on. Uh, I think it was the Deja Vu album maybe that record was amazing yeah did you ever see neil young no crosby Uh -uh. you didn't see him at the target center Uh -uh. when he gave uh it might have been when bush was elected he gave an incendiary concert at the target center and it had to be whatever 
20 some years ago and I'd never seen him because I kind of was like, Oh, that Harvest Moon album. I just kind of, <laughs> I don't know, that bad. Oh, I liked Rust Yeah, I mean, I liked You some have of to be in the mood <laughs> to listen to Neil Young. It's not something that you just casually come across. There has to be a yearning inside. But for he his music. was really like fiery, uh, you know, and talking to the crowd. And uh, so, whatever year it was, I became a, a fan of Neil Young going to that concert because it was just an amazing, it, he had uh, somebody good opening for him. But anyway, I also recommend Graham Nash's memoir. I love reading rock and roll memoirs. You know I love memoirs. To clear the record before we move yeah. on, Ohio was included in a live double album okay. called Four Way Street. The studio version was on a compilation, so okay. it was never officially a part of that one. I am so glad somebody is being Donnie Love. Well, and you know, <laughs> that's basically because Donnie would know this is kind of when the one thing like deep cut because he was a DJ. Yeah. During all this time. So, you know, Daryl Hannah and uh, Neil Young are married, right? Yes, I do. They've been married for four years. He left his wife of many years for yeah, Daryl Hannah. Did. It's kind of an odd couple. You know what? She was with Jackson Brown though too, wasn't she? She had she's had like an amazing love life. She, she really writes has. a memoir because she dated John F. Kennedy Jr. Jackie couldn't stand. She did not want John to date Madonna or he, no actresses because, of course, you know Marilyn, JFK. Oh, okay. subject, sore subject. Okay. Stephanie. Yeah, you know all the past loves. There's quite a list. Val here, Lori. Kilmer. Val Kilmer. Yeah, she she was so beautiful, and uh, she, she likes could... a certain kind of man because John F. Kennedy, Jackson Brown, mm-hmm. uh, Neil Young, Val Kilmer, David Blaine, yeah, the magician. Yeah, Remember he's handsome. He was handsome. Paul Blackthorne, the British actor. Yeah, hot and handsome. Yeah, that was but also full of personality, yeah, right? Yeah, I guess so. And but social justice, a lot of these folks. That's true. And Neil and Jackson Brown, you know, that ended badly. Yeah, he was accused of of being an abuser with her. Yes. So, I don't know. But yeah, she's um, she hasn't acted in years. No. I think, was Splash her last movie? No. That, that was wasn't like her, her first movie. It was her first movie, <laughs> well, and that director early. just died. The guy who directed uh, that movie, or wrote that screenplay. He didn't direct it, excuse me. Ron Howard directed Splash. Yeah, he wrote the screenplay. This is uh, Okay, she was in a movie more recently that I'm just thinking about. All right, well, who can say? All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe. Subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. 
Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. She was in Kill Bill. Okay, that was a long time ago. That was ago. almost 20 years, 20 years ago. ago. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm dating myself. I mean, time and space is relative at this point. It happens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's been in a lot of weird movies since then. Um, I just have to report on this news about uh, SJP, Sarah Jessica Parker. Her and her husband are supposed to be in some Broadway show that has been put off because of COVID. March. It was going to open March 2020, and it's going to open next year now, March 2021. But she's being sued. Um, She and her business partner for failing to pay overtime to the people that work at the SJP shoe store in New York City. I always feel a little conflicted about these stories because, you know, (laughs) she's not signing those checks. Mm-hmm. But because she's the owner and the leader of the company, even if she's an absentee owner, her name's on it, she's got to be responsible. Yeah. A, a, a rep for SJP had this to say, we learned about the suit just now or whenever that they got it and we're looking into it. Yeah, because I'm like I said, I'm pretty sure she doesn't sign the checks. Yeah. the um, You see Vegas is opening up. I have so many feels. I love Vegas. I, yeah, all the reports have been either from the Flamingo or the Bellagio. So around the tables, they have plexiglass. And instead of having six people on a side at craps, you'll only be able to have three on one side, three on the other side. They've installed hand-washing stations. They had a lot of hand-washing stations. I was there in February. Yeah, I was there in March. Yeah. But they hadn't built them in the middle of the casino yet. Um, you know, and then they were showing, they avoided all topic of the slot machines. And just and the money and the handling the, of the chips. Yeah, but if you're just playing slots, you know, I don't know. I, I We walked around, I always have walked around Vegas with my hand sanitizer because I just think all that crap is dirty. It is, is the dirty. dirtiest place in the world. Yeah, so I, you know, I'm just like, as long as, and you know what, uh, I guess as long as you are doing that and you're not a face picker, You're going to be okay. No, a lot of people are face pickers and touchers. Everyone's a face picker and a toucher. I never was so aware of how much I touched my face till COVID. I I recommend trying to twirl your hair instead if you need to do something. If you have allergy situation, which I do, like I'm doomed. My eyes are running. That's what your t-shirt's for. (laughs) 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 All right, listen. We'll be right back with Chris Hewitt from the Star Tribune. fanfare for Chris Hewitt from the Star Tribune covering movies in theater but now you're covering like movies that you saw and I like your stories that you're doing Chris giving us ideas thank you yeah we normally have candy for you in studio but corona all these things are corona's fault (sighs) sorry yeah well, so Chris, I wanted to ask you about, I mean, yesterday we got the news that AMC Theaters, which is the world's biggest movie theater chain, 
saying that they had substantial doubt they can remain in business. And I was just, I'm like, what? I just couldn't even get my arms around that thought. I've heard that too. And I also, I read a story kind of analyzing the AMC situation. This was probably a month or a month and a half ago. I think it was in maybe in Variety. And it was saying that they as a result of management issues, we're in big trouble even before all of this happened and potentially were for sale. So, I mean, I don't think those places are going to stop being movie theaters, but I guess they could stop being AMC movie theaters. Okay. Because I was just thinking, oh, my gosh, no, because there's li- literally, you know, there's no revenue coming in. There's no movies right. on the horizon except for, I don't know if that's going to happen with the... Um, the what's the movie that's supposed to be coming out in July? The big one, Tenant. Tenant. Do you think Tenet. that's going to happen? Um. Well, I think it's a little ominous that when the trailer finally dropped a couple of weeks ago, it for the first time didn't specify July seventeenth as the date it was supposed to open, and it I think it said in theater soon or something. It didn't say July seventeenth, so that makes me wonder a little bit. But actually, I talked to a movie a local movie exhibitor today mm-hmm. and he said theaters are talking amongst themselves about trying to hopefully get movie theaters reopened in july maybe as soon as july 1st and i guess part of the deal is studios aren't going to be able to release movies unless theaters are open and theaters are reluctant to open when there are no movies to show. So it's a little bit of a catch-22. Mm-hmm. But he said basically a lot is going to depend on what happens in L.A. and New York. Like, if they can get theaters open so that a movie can actually open across the country and in the biggest market by July 17th, he still thinks it could happen, but it's it's still a little up in the air. Yeah, and, um, I mean, I don't know, a lot of people like going to movies in the summer just for the A.C. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm among that number. I yeah. do not have central air, so I'm I'm I, I was thinking the other day. Gosh, you know, one thing that's going to be bad about working at home when it starts to get really hot is my house is hot, and you yeah. like, can escape to the AC, but not anymore. Yeah. Um. Tell talk to us about the. It sounds like you uh, saw this movie, Shirley. Uh, yes. Elizabeth Moss is in it, and I, she's just—I loved her in *The Invisible Man*, and she's just such a great actress. Oh, the *Handmaid's Tale*. Yeah, *Handmaid's Tale*. Everything. What did you think of this uh, movie, and where and how will we see Shirley? I liked it a lot. It is going to be on, I think, pretty much every streaming platform starting tomorrow. Okay. It's uh, and another way you could find out information is if you went to the distributor's site, which is. Neon, they also are the people who did Parasite. Um, and she plays Shirley Jackson, the writer in the 50s and 60s. She wrote the, you know, super famous story of the lottery. And she also wrote uh, The Haunting of Hill House, which was a oh, yeah. series about a year and a half ago. She wrote a lot of great stuff. And the movie is a little bit like Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf in that a young couple of academics come to the house of an older couple of academics. In this case, they actually move in with them. And people start trading insults pretty much immediately. And Elizabeth Moss plays Shirley Jackson. And I think this is a fairly fictionalized version of her story, but she plays her as this 
deeply unhappy, withering wisecrack, often confined to her bed, but brilliant woman. Uh, and it's just such a fascinating performance because she kind of has the whole house in her command. And it almost seems like maybe she creates drama because it helps her do her work. Or it's just a fascinating kind of psychological character study. And Elizabeth Moss is great in it. Okay, good. All right. That's was something to check out. Mm-hmm. I made uh, Stephanie check out, and it was really Warner Brothers yesterday announced the day before that they were having Just Mercy be available for free in the month of June because that was such an important movie that they forgot to promote. <laughs> that It was so weird the way that was handled because it seemed like a movie that could have gotten Oscar nomination. It was so good. Yeah. It was so good. And initially, they were promoting it as if that was going to be the case. I saw it way last uh, September, um, and it came out in December, but they were, like, kind of getting the Oscar drums rolling. And then somehow they just stopped with that, which I don't get. Michael B. Jordan mm. should have been nominated for they had to pick. For, they had to pick, so they picked the Joker. I don't buy that. But, I mean, it seems like that's what happened. I think they didn't know how... To market it or something because of the subject matter of, uh, you know, the Brian Stevens. I mean, it's I don't know. It just seemed like they didn't know how to market it. But the two stars were out there. But there was no other promotion. No, no. And uh, it's I mean, it actually is. I don't even think it would be that hard of a movie to market. I don't think so. You marketed Malcolm X. You marketed. Yeah, that's true. um, I don't know. Did you like the movie, Stephanie? And it has. Big stars in it. Yeah. I like Just Mercy. Yeah, did you like it? And then Stephanie, you go first, Stephanie. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. No, I did like it. Yeah, it was ex- it was very well acted. It was interesting. It was heartbreaking. Yeah, I've been you know watching documentaries and movies that are just crushing then, me every night, and, and then, then living it during the day. Yeah, but you know, yeah, definitely liked it. I mean, I'm glad Warner Brothers is doing it, and I know Chris, you really liked it because I remember we talked about it at the time. I did. I liked it quite a bit. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan looking like a snack. Brian Stevenson really got a great, you know, when you say, oh, who would play me in my in a movie about my life? Brian Stevenson really got a good one to play him, Michael B. Jordan. Although, look at Brian Stevenson. He's pretty hot, too, I have seen Well, yeah, he is. But, I mean, just like Michael B. Jordan is like one of the biggest young stars in Hollywood, I think. Totally, totally. Um, oh, yeah, he's attractive. Oh, very. So, Chris, what do you think um, is, how much do you think is in the pipeline for movies and TV for being released? Because now nothing is being filmed. Now we're going on, you know, whatever, three months of nothing being filmed. What What are you hearing or what are you um, reading about? Well, I, I haven't read anything about this, but I actually have been thinking about it a bunch. And I feel like movies, so movies, exhibition, and production pause at the same time and are essentially going to pause for the same amount of time. So I feel like, although there's not really much happening now movie-wise, when it does start happening, I think it's going to be fairly interrupt, uninterrupted because there's been a huge spending free in Hollywood on script so that they will have things ready to start shooting. Mm-hmm. And obviously they have all of these movies that were supposed to have opened this summer and haven't. And well, going back to spring, the Bond movie. But TV, it seems like, is really going to be in a bind because they've just kept showing stuff as if it was still being produced. And it's not. 
I wonder if we're going to be stuck with like, you know, every show is going to be a game show because you can whip those up in a weekend or something. Yeah. Or, or reality television. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Chris, for, was it going, would it have been the Tonys this weekend? The Tonys would have been, I think this weekend. And is it completely canceled? That used to be the one that would be the one award show that Donnie would watch. Oh, was the Tony yep. and Julia would watch it, and I would watch it. We like all three of us kind of just like that. And um, did they just completely cancel it? You know, I don't think they have officially canceled it. There was is it virtual? It's not virtual. It's not happening this week. Okay, they had postponed it. Um, and I don't know if they have ever officially canceled it and just said we're going to shove everything into 2021. Mm-hmm. I don't think they have, though. But, yeah, you're right. It's definitely not this weekend. And, you know, most of the stuff that would have been contention didn't even get to open. Right. I I was in New York, what, four days before theaters closed down and saw one of the shows that probably was set to win a bunch of Tonys, but Which it show? was the last show that opened. That was the one based on um, Bob Dylan. Song, oh yeah! Oh yeah! Country. That Gosh. show is fantastic. I, I hope it gets to come back. Yes, because hardly anybody got to see it. Yeah, it had been in previews for a couple of weeks, but I think it only played like three or four actual performances before everything was shut down. And do you th- is Broadway is that not going to be till twenty twenty one? Like the Guthrie I, isn't that basically the Guthrie said goodbye to twenty twenty and they did laid off a bunch of people and. Guthrie's not coming back until March. Okay. Um, I've heard Broadway, they've still talked about fall as a possibility, but I, I keep reading that they really think January is much more likely. And I suppose everybody's waiting to see what's going to happen with vaccines, if, if that's a real thing this year. or mm-hmm. So I don't think anybody really knows, but I have read optimism for January. All right. And then we also have, we do have the a Quiet Place 2 to look forward to. Coming out, because that was coming out, remember, the week that everything closed down. Because that was such yeah. a great movie. And it the was sequel good. was getting... Did you see that one, Chris? Did you, no. You didn't I, see I mean, it? I saw the original. I didn't right. see the sequel, though. No. no. Uh, yeah, I think, was that moved to September? September or October, one of the two. Right. Chris, is it weird for you as a movie critic to not be going to critique any movies? Like, are you like, what should I write about this week? Yeah, because everyone like Mike Max is now an investigative journalist in the front of the protest lines. Like everyone's had to sort of mix it up. What what are you doing that you're excited about that you thought like, wow, I would never get a chance to do this? Well, watch for my story in Sunday's paper about a woman who does creme uh, brulee of uh, random foods. Okay. Yum. But I have still been writing reviews of streaming movies like this Shirley movie yep. and doing weekly recommendations in various categories. So we found stuff to do. But, yeah, I'm definitely doing other things, too. And, in fact, I was talking just yesterday with a guy who does movie publicity in town about I'm, – I'm going to do a story about people who are trying to keep movie going alive even mm-hmm. though you can't go to the movies and he was like well you know some of the movie owners secretly go into their theaters with like three friends in rows five 
you know, yeah. five rows apart and watch movies <laughs> themselves. So some people are figuring out ways to do it. But yeah, I miss it like crazy. Yeah, yeah. I do too. I, I we really do too. Well, Chris, we appreciate you. We'll look for that story on Sunday. Follow. We can follow you at, uh, what's your handle again? Hewitt Chris. Hewitt Chris. Hewitt Strib. Hewitt Strib. Hewitt Strib. And, um, oh, real quick, did you like the um, Tracy Ellis Ross and Dakota Johnson, the high note? You know, both of them are so good, but it's really a not very good knockoff of the Devil Wears Prada. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, unfortunately. I'm still going to watch it. (laughs) It's worth watching, and she can sing. That's what I heard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just might be for just, would you say it would be okay for just like pure escapism kind of a thing? You're not looking for much. It doesn't bring anything to the table and it doesn't take anything away. Is that fair to say? Yes. It is not offensive. And she does have some pretty good Miranda Priestley-ish singers. Okay. I think it's worth watching if you like them. Yeah. Yeah. I I think a lot of people do. And I don't know. She's, She's just, both of them are darling. They are. I agree. Uh, all right. Well, Chris, uh, hopefully we'll talk to you in a, uh, in a month and we'll have some better news to report on, you know, maybe being able to go to the movie theaters at whatever capacity. Let's plan on it. All right. Thanks, Chris. Bye, Chris. Thank when you. we come back, we're going to do a little Hollywood speak. Oh, what are you trying to say? Hollywood! Hollywood speaking! What is the meaning of this? Oh, boy, people are just getting in trouble right and left with their feelings. They make make Black Lives Matter statements and they turn out to be POSs. And it's it's keeping going for Leah Michelle from Glee, where after she had posted a Black Lives Matter thing like last Saturday, then people were coming out of the woodwork. First, we had the actress Samantha Ware said, oh, you and all your microaggressions, Samantha Warrior's Black, against me every day on the set, including threatening to bleep in my wig, poop in her wig. And then then all kinds of other people came forward and said, you're horrible on the set of Glee. Amber Riley, who uh, was on Glee, she was the black gal. Mm -hmm. The good singer. Beautiful voice. So amazing. She just said, yes, she was horrible, but we have more important things to move on. Very classy. Very classy. And just for being for real. But now, you guys, her former understudy, when she was 12 and Leah Michelle was 12, is sharing. In Annie? Is that what was what was Leah Michelle? Red time. Okay. Ragtime, and her name is Elizabeth Aldrich, and she she said, I used to cry every night from the mean and manipulative things she would do. She was 12. She was terrifying. Gee, she was perfectly cast as Rachel Berry, wasn't she? Apparently, she was playing herself. Yeah, and she said, you know, even my friends who worked with her on Spring Awakening felt intimidating coming forward and talking about her. Actors are often silenced, but I'm glad her abuse has been brought to light. And another person said, well, maybe it was Leah's parents encouraging the diva behavior. And Elizabeth said, no, they were actually really lovely. I think they were scared of her, too. <laughs> she was 12, you guys. Ooh. Uh, what I will say is usually where there's smoke, there's fire in these instances. Like, all it takes is one little person to open the door, just a teeny tiny crack. And then the floodgates, the people start pushing that door way open until 
And then her apology was, I'm sorry for my perceived slights, slights, which is no apology. Another microaggression. Another microaggression, right? Do we all agree? Yes. I'm a terrible apology person. Yeah. I never apologize right. My apologies always are like half lame. I'm trying to get better, but. I know that that is a bad apology as someone who's given plenty. Yeah. One of her uh, co-stars from Glee. Um, I don't know what the guy's character name was. He's, he, write, he wrote to her back on her Instagram post. I tried for years to be nice to you to no avail. Maybe actually apologize instead of placing the blame on how others perceive you. Yeah. Because that's just bouncing it back, you know. And if someone thought that even if, let's just say even if you felt like, oh, I didn't mean to do that. If someone told you that you had impacted them in a way that was so negative that they were still talking about it or feeling poorly about your behavior, wouldn't you just say you're sorry because that's what you do because you'd feel bad? She's been a bratty theater kid. Yeah, well, by... You know what I mean? By you can't play Barbara Streisand in, in... Funny girl, no. your window is closed. Yeah, really. I mean, when you're mean when you're 12. You're just mean. You're mean. <laughs> There's no hope for you. Yeah, I know. When I'm you're saying- mean when you're 50, you've had, you know, 35 years to work up to it. Yeah, no, I have a sister who's mean. You it- can be mean. Not like intentionally mean, but you're intimidating. Well, you know, but I'm not no. acting in an intimidating no, no, manner. But Other you- people... Are afraid of you. <laughs> and that's always been the case, and I can't do anything about it. Well, and that's more why they're afraid of yeah. you. <laughs> it just, it keeps going. But I mean, I don't like yell at no, people. No, you don't. I'm not you are mean very to them. I'm no. very, um, I don't, you just, people I, know you're going to say your mind, and sometimes that's scary. Yeah. 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 Sorry, people. Sorry about that, but not sorry. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. Again. Again. Another microaggression. <laughs> so Drew Brees ended up apologizing. Speaking of. Yeah. For saying kneeling during the national anthem is disrespectful to the military. Uh, but he only apologized after fans burned his jersey and basically his. Uh, his teammates told him to shut up and LeBron James and every sports person basically. Um, I thought his apology was pretty good. He writes, I completely missed the mark. Does he have a history of he, being a decent person? Yes, he does. does. He does good work. Is he, he does. He was just what many people were doing with the NFL. What, uh, you know, the president did this too was conflating the knee protests that Kaepernick was doing, uh, which was suggested to him by a teammate who'd served in the military. And he said, if you want to pr- protest police brutality, but not snub the flag, like turn your back or whatever. Right. He was trying to come up with something. He said he this he told him, take a knee. No one can find offense at that. Well, and boy. then, of course, it was made into this political boomerang. Right. Oh my gosh. So anyway, he I, I and read you can love America. You can love America and not stand for the racism and the lack of humanity that we experience in America. Colin, Ka- Colin Kaepernick really got screwed. Beyond. Beyond. And I'm I'm wondering if there's a reckoning that can ever happen with that. I, I can the NFL say we were wrong? No, they'll never admit they're wrong. The NFL? 
<laughs> even even Roger Goodell's statement about uh, he, it, they I threw was, him under the bus. They blackballed him. I have. I was saying to Lori earlier, it has not been lost on me this whole taking of the knee with Colin Kaepernick and then the police officer having his literal knee on right. George Floyd's neck. Then now we're seeing people giving a knee out of respect to George Floyd and his family. Police and National Guard have done it yeah. with protesters all over. That's been so powerful. It really has. And, and police officers were taking a knee as George Floyd's casket was being. Yes, they did. Went through the streets of Minneapolis today. That yes, was they pretty did. amazing. I think. Pretty crazy. Yeah. It's like, um, um, you know, I guess, I guess, I guess my dad taught us this, but anytime I've ever been on a street and you see a, um, a procession go by, a fu- you know, with the flags, yep. you know, funeral, my dad was always like, you have to stand and salute until it's done going by. So I've always done that if I've ever, yeah. if I've been out, just, I don't know. You're good I don't even know if they're, kid, I guess I am. Jeez. It just doesn't go away. That old military kid thing. All right. What are we, oh, we're going to come back. We get some Hollywood news. We got a little fashion news for you. And we got some more songs. For- Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.